stop ramblers. Uh, this will be a very limited uh, amount of my voice here in this episode. You're not going to hear me very much because the other two assholes decided to go out, literally took over my own Zoom, guys. Took over my Zoom and talked to some Aussies. I don't know. I need to listen to the episode. It's fantastic. Um, so uh, oh, Justin, I'm really excited. There's, there's We're going to jump right surprise in. in there for you. I mean, you think you don't hear yourself in the interview. There's some big surprises waiting regarding recasting the co-hosts. Sorry in advance. I think I'll be okay. Yeah, there's an important part that you need to listen to in the episode, like soon. Well, here's the deal. I will be listening to it, as well as the millions of listeners who are going to listen to this episode. We're going to listen to it together, and then we're going to tweet each other. Guys, let's jump right in. What's in your glass? Julia? Ooh, I have something very fun. It's a Bosnian wine, actually, which I didn't really know Bosnia did wine, but hey, there we have it. It is called Stone Cuvée from Wines of Illyria, and it is a dry white wine, which is a blend of 90% Jalavka and 10% Vena. So let's give it a good old swirl and a nose. Oh. Oh, this is lovely. Clean, medium pronounced, rich and floral, bursting with honeysuckle and candied lemon. There's a really nice- It's wasting. White lily and perfumey type notes and star fruit in there. It's a very lovely, lovely nose. Makes you, makes you want to drink it. For those who don't know, she's drinking white wine. Did I not say that? Okay, maybe not. Yeah, it's a she white know, wine. No, she did say it was a white wine. She did. Well, I'm not actually sure that I did, but it she is totally a said wine. it was a white wine. Well, I guess the listeners are going to have to tell us. Guys, tweet us at Did Julia Say That? And let's <laughs> let's do this. I just I just like it when she does the gargle. With the Don't forget to use our hashtag, which is hashtag Fuck Off Mark. All right, yeah. Julia, how's it taste? Yeah. Uh, it tastes delicious and delightful, medium bodied, medium minus acidity, getting some really great overripe pear notes, that uh, honeysuckle blossom is coming through again, along with the florals, a little bit of a candy note, some ripe peach, banana, lychee, as I'm talking, my glass is singing to me now, so that's nice. Beautiful long finish, elegant, very easy to drink, highly recommend it. Mark, what's in your glass? <laughs> and we have a snurk uh what three or four minutes into it that's great perfect a snurk i like that Not we have a, a snurk. we had a, a snurk and a gargle so what what more could you ask for i have a very special treat in my glass and you're going to have to interpret my use of special um i can't be upset because i was gifted this bottle so thank you to who gave it to me um i have to look at this it is a bottle of Friar Core, C-O-R. I don't know who the fuck Friar Core is. It's this kind of stylized, nice little I mean, bottle we, that's got a square scotch? on the top. Yeah, it's a because, it's a blended Scotch whiskey. Well, because that's uh, Father Core is the well Friar slash Father Core is the guy who wrote the first reference to whiskey distillation. Eight balls malt to the king for making aquavitae. Thank you for completely stealing my shtick. Well, I was gonna, 
I was going to no. read the fucking back of the bottle because the back no. of the bottle says Friar Core Blended Whiskey. I'm holding it at arm's length because I can't see shit. I don't have my glasses <laughs> on. Legend has it that Friar John Core created the first Scotch whiskey. In celebration of his achievement, we created our own legend with the bottling of Friar Core Blended Scotch. We raise our glass to ambition. We pause to appreciate. This shit is 40% by volume it's blended it's distilled and allegedly matured in scotland it has a likely fake golden color you're looking here kind of translucent very very uh, appropriate of single malt well blended scotch i should say not single malt getting ahead of myself here Get it right, man. Jesus Christ. What a fucking sake, critic. Man. Huh? I said for fuck's sake. What are you what are you for fuck's saking about? You. We're fuck's saking for you. I'm busy here. I'm talking. Can you stop I said, interrupting? For fuck's sake, fuck off, Mark. Okay. Say that three times. So times. smells scotchy. Um, nothing really jumping out at me. Maybe fuck's sake, fuck, sake, fuck off, Mark. See, I can say it fast. Boom. What? Like you just said scotchy, by the way. I don't. It does. It smells yeah. scotchy. I, I don't know. What do you want me to say? Vanilla and dried fruit? No. Yeah. Is it is it peaty at all? No, is it's there... not. It's I'm not supposed to get some citrus peel on that bad boy. I don't know. Do you get that? They're no, I, I get a I do get a kind of faint iodine whiff, but it's not. This is not peated. This can't possibly be peated. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm glad I didn't. Peated. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Friarcore. Cheers to you, but. Not going to be on the buy list. Justin, what are you drinking, man? Then let's get to this interview. Yeah, I, I want to fucking interrupt Justin 300 times while he's I talking. am actually drinking Bowmore, one of my oh. favorite distilleries. It is peated. This yeah. is a 16-year-old scotch. It is cask strength. Man, this thing is fantastic. Distilled in 1990. Oh, it is. That's older than I am. I don't even know how they got creme brulee and chocolate truffle on the nose at the same time. But this thing is just loaded. I mean, candied citrus peel. I mean, it is just phenomenal. I love the, I love the nose. Justin, why are you taking your shirt off? Actually, my shirt's been off the whole time. Oh man. The peat, slight peat, actually. It's not like a heavy peat, but it has this just brilliant iodine, brilliant smoke leather oh man this just is lip smacking good i'm super psyched I, I just kind of randomly discovered this bottle in the collection the other day and i was like i'd have to i have to open this up so that's a, yeah. a bowmore 90 1990 and you uh, just yes, it's a, it's a sherry matured and so i wonder who who distilled that who who put who put that in the bottle all right um so I, I think it's time. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to keep uh, drinking my Bowmore. Maybe pop myself a little popcorn in my new movie theater uh, buttered popcorn machine thing that I got. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this interview. Um, Joya, Mark, who the fuck did you guys talk to? We had the fantastic and utter delightful pleasure of interviewing Ali and Nick at Karu Distillery down in Australia. Wait, how do you pronounce it? I thought it was Karoo, Karoo, like kangaroo, Karoo. 
you know what? Let's just uh, listen to the interview and the Ramblers will find out how it's actually pronounced. Hey, welcome Ramblers. It's Swig and Ramble. And we are very excited today to have our first interview. Um, since we have a billion dollar budget on the show, we're going to carve off a million dollars and we're going to become partners and investors with these folks. We felt that this was a perfect opportunity to bring someone on the show and talk about cool stuff. Um, they love us. They listen to us on the way into work. Um, I'm going to get a snapshot of them saying that so we can promote the hell out of that because that's awesome. Nobody's ever said that about anything we've ever done before. So I want to welcome today Karoo Distillery from Australia. Can you believe it? We actually have somebody here in the room with us. Ali, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, okay. Well, great show. Thank you for showing up. Um, oh, we Nick really... showed up too. Oh, uh, Nick. Yeah. Nick. decided well, to join us. Nick's back. Welcome, Nick. Um, listen, I could give a, a flowery introduction. I could do all kinds of crazy things. You know what? I'm going to turn it over to you and let's start. Ali and Nick, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'm Nick and this is Ali. <laughs> um, so we're just two degenerates that... Um, reside in the devil's wilderness of New South Wales, just about an hour out of uh, Sydney CBD. Um, and we make gin, rum, um, a vodka and cocktail infusions, just living, living life, doing the dream. <laughs> what degenerates. You think of that? You're yeah, our well, people. Obvious degenerates. You can see just by looking at them, which you dear ramblers can't see their faces, but mm, severe degenerates. So absolutely <laughs> are sort of ramblers. But what got you to say, hey, I'm going to leave my job and start a distillery? What? what? Do tell. Do tell. Spiraling insanity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds very familiar. Definitely. Well, um, relate. We love, like, we love whiskey, we love tequila, um, and at the time there was a lot of, um, because, yeah, Sydney ciders had a very bad reputation for being problem uh, drinkers, so the, like, New South Wales government kind of, like, enforced all of these lockout laws, uh, so you weren't able to go out past, like, 12 uh, yeah, at night. Most so, like, midnight, at everything. 10. Yeah, so you couldn't get into a venue basically mm. after 10 30. Couldn't buy a straight spirit at a bar. You yeah. still can't buy you a straight spirit. Are we talking about because of COVID or just because of no, people? We're just like a really, yeah. we have we're, a lot like of, we're, very, we're very, a very rough, rough town. Yeah, yeah, it's very strict. So, um, yeah, so basically um, we decided to turn our back. Because, like, Nick uh, was working basically, like, odd hours during the nights because he was in the film industry. I was just really boring, office kind of work. And um, so we would barely kind of, like, see each other. So we decided to turn our back room of our house into a dive bar. So then we just started, like, um, talking about uh, basically spirits. And we would, like, yeah, let's, like, let fuck yeah, let's have, like, let's make a bar. That would be cool. Like, what kind of bar would we want to go to? So... Then we started realizing that it was what was behind the bar that we really, really, really loved and what was in the glass. And it was just like, oh, hey, did you know that we can actually make this? This is something that people do for a living. Like, you know, like, let's give it a try. So we traveled uh, around, give or take for about three years, um, spent some time in Tasmania learning how to make whiskey. 
Um, and then, yeah, just talking to anyone who is like nice enough to lend us any of their information that they had, because at the time, uh, distilling in Australia wasn't such a huge uh, deal. There was like, there was probably about 70 yeah, distilleries when we started. Um, and now there's like over like 400. 400. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they came in at like that, um, that kind of just before the boom time. Um, and yeah, we, we just got mega kind of lucky. We didn't really, we learned everything from scratch. Everything was self-taught. Um, we had like a couple of really good mentors along the way who would, um, yeah, knowledge share and, you know, tell you what's, what's right and wrong. And a lot of people thought we weren't really going to make it. And we were just like, you know, kidding around. And then it gets to that point where you tell too many people that that's what you're going to do. So you can't really turn back. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, that's how we, uh, we came up with Karu Distillery. So then, um, yeah, we ordered a still from Tasmania. So it's a hundred percent Australian made, um, and yeah, bought it back on the back of Nick's ute for his 30th birthday. And, um, yeah, just kind of started, started. And we got um, a gin still in the interim, um, because we weren't gin drinkers at the time. Like it had such a really horrible stigma. Um, and there was, there was like no one gin for everyone. And at that time, our palates weren't really like, oh, cool. Like, you know, we love London dry. Um, and that's where the contemporary field of gins came in. So basically we are just like, yeah, let's like have a crack at like growing some stuff just so that we can understand where it all comes from and how to look after it and how to treat it so that it gives you the best out of it. So you're able to create something that's like just pure quality. And, um, yeah, so we, we, and we still continue to do a lot of that. And a lot of our botanicals as well are sourced from our local area and also nationally in Australia. Most people have like one botanical vendor. We have like uh, 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's just carefully selecting those ingredients and having fun with it and having fun with the flavor science part of it as well. So it's like some botanicals that are in there aren't used for that key purpose of like aromatics it's more one that connects uh to a different flavor profile like cardamom carries floral and just like learning from that background so it's like chewing gum and just going what makes it linger and then trying to find like that mint linger and then try figuring that out and applying those sorts of things to gin that is so cool that is very cool (laughs) so a couple couple things first Mm -hmm. of all Props to Allie for dropping the first F-bomb. So that's fucking great. <laughs> I love that. You broke the ice. Yes. Perfect. Couldn't have picked a better first guess. The other thing is, is I know that there's no video that's attached to it. So we have to kind of jump into theater of the mind, right? You know, I'm sitting yeah. here in a makeshift office and Julia's comfortably resting in her uh, her living room. And Nick and Allie are literally in the belly of the beast there there's equipment in the background there's there you can hear forklifts driving by there's you know all kinds of i'm not going to talk about industrial accidents it's all safe it's all 100 above board everything is great yes um i want to know about 2018 with the double gold in san francisco talk to me about that what what happened there how did that come about yeah. uh so basically what what happens there um, was uh, because we were so um, basically new to everything, we would send our products off 
to go get feedback from professionals. So we, we sent it through to um, the American Distilling um, Association because we actually had the head of um, the American Distilling uh, Association come to our distillery for, I think, the Yeah, we had Bill Owens day. come visit us. Um, <laughs> and so we were just like, yeah, okay, like, cool, let's just send all the, our like, products that we have at the time off to go get professional feedback because, you know, there's only so much that, we can, I like it, but what does that mean? So, um, yeah, we got the labels back for our Navy Strength Gin, um, which we had just finished, so it hadn't actually been released yet, and we sent it off to the US to get feedback, and for its very first batch, for about, like, its third distillation, ended up picking up double gold, so we were one of six distilleries in the country to win that which is um, the, the award that everybody wants their hands on. So, like, you know, we got the email. I thought it was spam or that they'd been some mistake. <laughs> so, like, kind of just let it breathe for a day. <laughs> it just came back and I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. Like, it turns out they didn't make a mistake. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Now, so you have it, now you have it painted on the side of the building, right? Well, I've got the – I know the listeners can't see it, but you guys can. But, yep. yeah, there's – the sky. So that that noise that you can hear is the actual hardware on a bottle of the gin, and there are several. Yes, yes, oh, make it sing. There are a lot of metals. Yes. Several? No, there are a lot of metals. <laughs> That's oh, a lot that of metals lot. there. We've won thirty-eight global awards so far. <laughs> uh, one product or across the board? Uh, across the two. Across the two. Yeah. Okay, so explain for our listeners what your products are. Yeah. Uh, so the products that we're talking about here is our um, Affinity Gin, which is a it's 44%. So it's 4% commercially, like more fun. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's more of it in the contemporary genre. Or I think um, in the US it's referred to as New Western. Um, so it just is clear of more of your traditional London dry botanicals and they're replaced ones are a little bit more like from, from where we are and make more sense. So it's not just a product um it's more of a product of its environment rather than just a product. Um, so it's a little bit juniper forward, semi-sweet citrus, a little bit of floral, a little bit of warm spice, and then rounds off the nice naturally sweet finish towards the end. Um, and then we've got our Navy Strength, which is Lightning, which was the one that received the double gold. Affinity won the gold that year. Um, so Navy Strength is a umbrella kind of term given to um, like a very thin window of ABV from 57 to 58% only. And so it is very hard to kind of balance with its water solubles and um, all that other kind of fun sciencey stuff. So it's not just a ramped up kind of version of Affinity. It's an entirely new gin itself. So it's double juniper, so it's direct macerated and also uh, vapor infused with the rest of its little botanical friends. Um, it's more citrus driven. So we've had a, a go at growing a lot of these citruses as well and use some of them in uh, these gins because we grow them on site so like lemon myrtle which is an Australian native uh, we've also got ruby grapefruit and mandarin uh, the cockatoos love to eat our citruses so when <laughs> when we're able to get them that's fantastic when not we get them from down the road um, and it has the rose geranium plant in there so it's the same strain that I had growing up as a kid so I was obsessed with it I saw potential in it from such young age my parents used to get mega fucked off at me for ripping it up in the garden, but I was just obsessed with it. <laughs> and then eventually the plant disappeared 
Uh, I wonder why. And so my auntie and uncle who own the property where our distillery is, um, it originally came from their place, which was like a heritage house just down the road from where it is now. Um, and so my mum had grafted it from their garden. So I was walking around to the back one day and I was like, oh, I remember this plant. And then just went like this, oh, that's the profile. And so we grafted it. And yeah, tw when I was 28 or 27, 27, yeah, when I was 27, made that into one of Australia's double gold award winning gins. So when all the fires came, uh, we had to actually take these, this plant out and yeah. move it to a different oh. location. Otherwise we would not have lightning gin anymore. So, I was, I was yeah. evacuating the barrels onto trucks and the, yeah. and the stock into the, <laughs> and the stills and Ali's digging up the garden. Speaking of all the trials you've gone through, I would love to know, and I'm sure our audience will love to know as well, the meaning behind the name of Karu, because I feel like it kind of ties in here. You want to clue us in? <laughs> um, so Karu means bear, so our last name is Ayers, it kind of rhymes. Um, so That's my, so cool. Yeah, it's also cool, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And we, we don't have bears here, so it's kind of like a real novelty creature for us. And, um, yeah, we kind of feel like it's our quote-unquote spirit animal where you kind of uh, focus more on, like, your strength and not so much, like, getting things done real quick. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it means. But my uh mum's side of the family so my aunt who owns the property here as well she, like they're obviously related <laughs> so um yeah their their family uh like and mine um are from estonia so like in eastern europe so um they came over to australia um they thought they were actually, well, my grand, great grandmother thought she was going to the US. She was told that she was. And then she arrived in Australia and she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, my great grandfather had like tried his hand at distilling way back in the day and it didn't go so well. So when I was quitting my nine to five job um, and my mom was just like, you can't do that. You should just stick to doing like a really sensible job. You have a really good thing going. Don't do that. Like your great grandfather blew up he's still back in prohibition days and I was like that's a very creative excuse that I haven't heard before um it turns out that that was true so we kind oh. of just wanted to uh link that kind of like back plus it, it sounds cool <laughs> there is no great legend that starts so I was buying office supplies <laughs> I mean I'm sure you use them there but but all of these stories are so much more fun than Hey, I was just having a bad day at the office. Well, yeah. <laughs> and also now I need to know because there is a heritage link. Okay. I'm not sure you've blown anything up, but do you have any sort of memorable crazy? Oh my God, this happened because we're distillers and we light things on fire and we ferment things and like has anything crazy ever happened that is worth retelling. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like so much dangerous, but very messy and inconvenient. So um, I had met Richard Seal from Foursquare very briefly 
in Sydney City um, during what's called Bar Week. And he was talking us through all of like rums and stuff like that. And at the time, I didn't know exactly what that looked. I was just like, I don't, it has like a really bad stigma where people just go, go mad and fight each other. So I was just like, I just steer clear of this spirit. Turns out that that's not true. That's just for people who just like want to blame rum for a bad time. And so when I came back to my distillery, I basically was just like, yeah, I've got to to learn everything that I can. So on the very first distillation, not distillation, fermentation rum, uh, yeah, let's just call it fermentation rum. Uh, (laughs) It makes sense. And there we go. Um, basically I I filled the fermenter a little bit too much and I just read somewhere that like you know the the ferment and stuff like that is like lacking in some sort of nutrients so you have to kind of like feed it to it but I was just really impatient and just wanted to get it done I was like yes cool like all I really want to be when I grow up is a rum distiller now so I was just like <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to start it now and I've got to start learning so um, I filled this fermenter uh, pretty high up to the top and I gave it all this nutrients and stuff like that. And I made like a yeast bomb and I was like, yes, like this is the day. It's momentous. And I put, I could literally hear the yeast roaring when it just introduced, like when it was introduced to the ferment. And I had this tiny little spoon. Like I wish I had it now. Um, now I have a mash paddle that's like an extension of my arm. But like, um, yeah, this tiny little spoon, bless me. And I was like stirring it and it kind of did what like uh, science experiments, like when you have like the volcano and stuff like that and it just erupts. <laughs> it was exactly like that. It, it, and then it, it didn't quite bubble up over the top. So I just decided to provoke it a little bit more and I just went, yes. And then, um, yeah, it's kind of just exploded everywhere and we've I saved the security footage and everything like that because I'm just laughing because there's nothing else that you can do and it's like don't go underneath the filing cabinet please fucking no (laughs) and it didn't it's probably still there so oh man yeah (laughs) oh that's rough so yeah, so you, um, yeah, I don't do that anymore, and now I ferment outside. So you, <laughs> but it hasn't happened since. No, so it was a very, very, very valuable lesson. Very messy, <laughs> but it works. So yeah, <laughs> that's how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to, if you're not failing, you're not trying, right? Well, yeah, that's it. And um, I just got overexcited, and so you should, and you learn from it, and you know, and. and admitting and um yeah kind of having fun with your mistakes as well because there are plenty of mistakes that you're going to make that are less fun so yeah i think i can think of a double gold reason why you're on the right track something that's (laughs) something that's interesting to me is uh, you know you're you're in australia uh, you're in a you're in a very interesting location it seems like Yep. For your consumers, <laughs> how do you engage them? What do you? What activities do you do to engage your consumers? Um. So, well, we've been we've been building a tasting room for about three years now at our local council, as I'm sure it is a global uh, thing. They're fucked. <laughs> like they are <laughs> fucked. Um. They they were really really making it very 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 hard for us, and so we're almost there, almost. And um, so do you need Julia to make a phone call? Because I, (laughs) yes, I would love you. Don't you don't want to be on the receiving end of that phone call? No, (laughs) you don't. No, 
And um, yeah, so basically uh, they've, they've been making it very hard for us, but in turn, like it has such a big anticipation, like, because we have like our cellar door open, which is our distillery door, which we're usually doing like a low wines run or something, or I'm fermenting outside and I'm covered in molasses every other day and I will be later on today. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so people have really come a long way with seeing us and even seeing that building being built and, and going up and the struggle and annoyance that uh, everybody feels in, um, in having that built. So people are able to come to our distillery and stuff like that. Like if um, you come enough and I like you, sometimes I'll invite you into the actual workspace <laughs> and I'll show you exactly what I'm doing. Um, and people really get a personal connection to what we do because they see us, um, we're unapologetically authentic and we love what we do and we focus on quality. So it's something that we wanted to share with people. And also we've got a really great lookout at our distillery. So it's a destination location. So, um, the whole, uh, campaign for tourism is actually filmed just across from our distillery, but we weren't allowed to be mentioned because we didn't have our tasting room because of oh, it was funding that. that. So yeah, go Julia, make the phone call. Um, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> on the bell. Yeah. On the bell. So so have you considered <laughs> virtual events or you know, is this something that you're thinking about uh, developing as a part of your profile? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we've got a um uh in, in our country, we've got like a platform called Red Balloon. So we have like a pack that's available on there where it has us embarrassingly. I decided to wash my hair that day. So my hair's all fluffy <laughs> um, <laughs> where we talk you through everything and we show you like where we are, the lookout, all this other kind of like crazy stuff. And you get like a sample of like everything that we kind of do. So, and we, and we talk you through it personally. We do so many shows as well. So we have like our lookout, like on everything and people just like, wow, that's incredible. And we have to actually like turn people away a lot of the time because we don't have the purpose built space to actually accommodate having people at the lookout and having like a beverage. And also if I didn't mention it before, like, you know, our, our law is, like in Australia, especially in New South Wales, is to protect people from themselves. So yeah, um, that would probably be me. That would probably be me. America needs some of that <laughs> from themselves. Well, it's too much. Like it's too much. It's just like no. If you have to protect someone from doing the from using common sense, they're not going to exercise that muscle, and they're just going to do bigger and grander and stupider things. Like. Yeah, so mm. <laughs> well-known fact in America, so even that if that pretty much everything in Australia can kill you. Oh, very true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it is. I actually <laughs> listened to that part of your podcast this morning. Um, <laughs> and no, then there are no um, flying spiders that you can eat anyway. So <laughs> spiders that you can eat. So meaning there are flying spiders, and then there are also ones that you can eat. But they just haven't combined. See, that's why I haven't ever been to Oz. Oh yeah. my God. Watch just... out for the wasp scorpions. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm kidding. We did have a, um, an encounter with one of the most deadliest snakes in the world, though. Um, oh. I was saying goodbye to my aunt and uncle. I wasn't wearing shoes and I was dropping off a bottle of tonic so that they could enjoy that um, that was left over from a tasting earlier that day. And it was an unusually warm day 
in winter because it doesn't really get that. It's winter now and I'm wearing a singlet. So that really yeah, no. goes to show. It looks how- nice and cozy warm, just saying. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, I went to go say goodbye to them and I looked to one of the pillars that are holding up the veranda and I was like, that's a weird looking leaf. And then turns out it wasn't a leaf. It was actually a snake. And then my aunt goes, that's a death adder. And I was like, a death adder? What? And then so, like, because it looks very short and fat when it's just, like, non-threatened. <laughs> it was just chilling, so it was it was fine. But um, it started to, like, lengthen out and start to move. And we're like, oh, boy, like, you know, we've got to do something about this. But we're also into, like, we coexist with everything here. So it's like if I was in that situation just chilling in the sun on a warm day and just kind of lathering it up, I would hope that someone took mercy on me too. Plus, you need... You need like uh, deadly animals and stuff like that to kind of round out the rest of the, the the ecosystem. So I was just like, okay. So we put like a big plastic um, tub over it and a brick. And we're just like, if it's there in the morning, we'll go relocate it. So Nick um, and my uncle took the, the snake, put a board underneath it, put it on the back of the ute. Yeah, Nick's got a picture of it. So we're being, shown, we're being shown a picture <laughs> of the old oh. death adder that was visiting them and that they were coexisting. I can coexist yeah. with animals. I just don't know if I can coexist with an animal that actually has death in its name. Yeah. That's us relocating it. So oh, my. Right. <laughs> right next to black, jump the fuck back. That's the, that's the rules. And then that's it. <laughs> that's it getting away. So oh, that, wow. That's it there. Oh, um, that's cool and also terrifying. And yeah, so we, we actually like encountered one of the world's most deadliest animals and lived to tell the tale. That, that's it on the back, on the front. Yeah, so it was a baby door. one. So it was and like... Hashtag oh. Australia. <laughs> yeah, we also have cicada killing wasps as well whose sole purpose is like, because where we are, uh, you get like the cicada These noises constantly. Yeah, there are spiders <laughs> that are just everywhere. You can't escape them. They're in your car. They're in your hair. They're on top of your barrels when you open up the barrel. We've lost. We've lost Julia with the picture of the <laughs> six foot tall spider that just was shown. <laughs> oh my god! Julia yeah. has gone catatonic. They're the size of your hand. Yeah, they're the size of your like literally like the the size of your hand on average. That's and the then we also red oh backs and everything like that constantly. So they're in the, 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 in the roller shutters. So if you go like that, you'll most likely have your fingers in a like very deadly spider nest. Oh my God. Um, but you know, it just, it is what it is. You just have to no! you know, get on no! with it. It's so weird because like when, like we're, we're used to dealing with deadly animals every day that when it comes to like a different uh, country's set of animals, like it's just, it freaks me out. Like, when um we went to Canada and you had to like lock your bins, it's like what is what are we locking our bins for? Like what what well, that's, and it was theirs. And I was just like, that's nuts. So when we went to like Lake Louise and it was like literally like Jurassic Park looking, you had like electric fences oh, and it's like, what cool. is this protecting me from? Like <laughs> who's who's ah. getting protected? The them or us? <laughs> <laughs> Probably them. <laughs> Let's let, oh I can I, I mm. I am still 
stressed out that I just inadvertently saw that picture on Nick's phone. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm soft because when the flora and fauna is actually more deadly than the job, I'm just not sure I'm full in on that. So yeah. <laughs> the correspondence we'll do is when you guys, when you come to California, we'll do the live remote for there. So please come <laughs> to San Francisco to collect your medal next time. <laughs> I would absolutely love to. We also have like, um, like very stereotypical Australian animals as well. Uh, we have a koala sanctuary that is just over the valley. So all the retired old gentlemen koala like to come over and say so like to retire at our distillery. And they're covered with yeah. chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, because they pass that around quite often. Yeah. We have like, we have wallabies, we have lyrebirds, uh, kangaroos. Was yeah, kookaburras, cockatoos, yeah. white yeah, and black. Uh, we have um, goanna that try to like get into, like it's literally like these things are just like these lace monitors that are like dinosaurs that just fight each other out the front of the wow. distillery. That's intense. Summer, yeah. And um, yeah, we have feather tail gliders as well. They like to live in the electrical boxes. So they're really cool. They look like little mice with like literal feathers for tails and they're so fast that they look like they're like just flying around. <laughs> I think if you can actually make it to the distillery to visit, everything should be free because you've survived the journey. That well, should be you went through the gamut to get there. I don't, I don't tell people about the of death. <laughs> oh no! Wait, Nick's going to drop something big here. Come on, Nick, lay it on us. Please don't. I, let spider. I don't normally tell people about the death adder until halfway Anymore. through the tour in the bush. <laughs> so, then we'll get we'll we'll take them on a little little tour through the devil's wilderness, and they say, oh. They are, if people they ask the question, we will tell them, but when it's the same distance back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we actually had Nick wrote a um, on our delivery dockets was um, beware of goannas and death adders. So we had people that were so, because we thought that the we sales thought, rep guy was going to drop it off, but instead it was a truck, like these truck drivers. And so we were always like, where the fuck are our deliveries? We need them for this weekend. And turns out everyone at the depot was too scared to drop it to us. So we had to keep getting them to like, and then one guy gets out. He was brave enough to get out and like, he hand was us so scared. and he's like, are you guys threatening me? And it's like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. So it, we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. When the, when the fucking degree of difficulty to actually get there is, is harder than anything else. The badge of honor is, you should just be able to drink for free for the rest of the day. This is very true. I mean, I would need it. <laughs> those eight-legged monsters waiting for me out in your bush front yard. Oh. Is that the challenge with the tasting room? Is they need it like 80 feet off the ground so none of this shit can get into it and kill you? Something like that. Yeah. We put a water feature not so close to the building so that the snakes go to that and not the building. <laughs> I always thought water features were so delightful and calming and peaceful and relaxed. Nope, snakes. Hashtag snakes. The reptile distraction <laughs> device. Yeah. Yeah. God. We get some bearded about... dragons as well. What yeah, about a dragon? Dragons there. Oh, um, how big do they get there? Oh, uh, they're only like, like oh, that's good. For, oh, yeah. so what's that? 12, 12 inches or so. They're nothing massive. Yeah, for the um, listeners, Nick is holding his hands at a significant distance apart for anything that should be described as a dragon. As, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's cool. It keeps it interesting. Keeps you on your toes. I haven't been bored in so long. So yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like if you got bored in Australia, you would end up dead. Uh, yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I don't know that Pretty I'd last. Much. I don't know that I could actually make it to the distillery. I, I just probably inadvertently <laughs> step on something that was out to get me. I mean, Grant, I've never been off the plane in Australia. I had a layover in Australia where they took us off the plane, took us through the airport, yeah. and then back on the exact goddamn same plane. So, you know, that's weird. <laughs> but I've never actually been to your fair country. Would love <laughs> to maybe. Visit. I don't know. It's a toss-up. You guys have a we lot. We take of you on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. We just make sure that we you don't park your car near the bush because that's when the spiders move into your car. Or near a fence. They take it. For a, <laughs> they take it to it for a joyride or something. They go yeah, to the, the local store to pick up some so supplies. That they have a football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about the, all those weird Google videos that my friends send me or the YouTube videos of like in Australia in a traffic gym. And then there's just like this giant freaking spider that runs from like the license plate up until the tail light. And like, I'm done. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, you we get that a lot here. Yeah. I've already, I've threatened to call the police on a spider that was harassing me one time. Oh, <laughs> God. I do. My, I was driving and, um, I looked into the rear vision mirror and I was like, that looks weird. And on the seat behind my head, I see these like things going like this. Oh no. And I was in the middle of peak hour traffic and I'm just like, I've got to watch that. Got to watch the road. I, I managed to pull over and catch it and get it out. But it was the size of my hand. It was just starting to crawl into my head. Or you like pull down your sun visor and you have a little cheeky eight-legged friend there <laughs> that starts making a web around you as you're driving. So it has all the intentions to eat you, but just... You know, just start, start, it can smell clear, so just be calm. I, we, we, we got way off a of track. We stopped talking about alcohol a while ago. But now it's more like a, this is, a this is so crazy fascinating. I, I just can't even. It's more, it is so much more interesting to me that it's that much more dangerous to just live there than it is to actually make shit. I need a warm hug and a lot of lights. I need bright lights, like sunlight beaming down on me. Let's talk about gin. Because, yeah. okay, guys, I, my heart is, it's giving out. So didn't you say earlier, you actually didn't like gin, but you do gin now. And I want to know about your G and T's, T-E-A, because I freaking love tea and I freaking love gin. Yeah. Tell me what exactly that is, how it happened, and from someone who never used to like gin because there was a stigma, what's that story? <laughs> Way more interesting than spiders. <laughs> well, everyone, like, you kind of have that story about, like, how, you know, everyone drinks gin and then wakes up in a paddock in their own filth, so you're kind of just like, oh, like, no. <laughs> or you have, like, the, the, um, the, the term of, like, oh, it smells like grandmother's kisses. You're like, Ew. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, okay, no, this doesn't sound like something that I want to dabble in. And then um, when we were traveling around, because um, as I mentioned before, we really, really, really like whiskey. So we were traveling around Australia and that's what was the beginning of the distillation boom was, was our whiskey done like Scottish style. So um, yeah, we noticed that a lot of other people were starting, like, they would usually have a gin. And it was just like, oh, okay, like, you know, I'll give it a try to be polite <laughs> if I must. And, um, yeah, ended up just being like, oh, okay, not 
every gin is the same. So um, a lot of them were very, very, very different. And so it was just about that creating a, um, a gin for us. So that's where we came up with going down a more um, untraditional route, but still keeping the, the core of like Juniper being the superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just trying to be as crazy and wacky as possible, but kind of making things just balance and align. And that's where we came up. We had an affinity for affinity. So yeah, um, okay. yeah so we named it, we named it that and just started exploring the gin genre a little bit more. And so we would start to go to like local farmers markets, uh, gin shows and stuff like that. And you would always have people like, you can't please everybody. And so people would just be like, oh, do you have one that has like ginger in it? Or do you have one that's like more floral? Because I only drink floral. And it's like, well, no, I have this that has, (laughs) it's good. Like, trust me, try it. and if you don't like it, it's too late. You've already had it. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it got to the point where um, there was no coloured gins on the market at that point of time. And so um, I was just playing around and uh, with, with different flavours of stuff and going, well, you know, how do you create like a ritual around your your one product and how do you diversify its flavours? So, um I would get like a little tea bag that you can kind of just put whatever ingredients you want in. And so I'd start seeping that in the alcohol. So I started using like rosella hibiscus um, and it was very sour. So then it's like, oh, now I need to balance this out with something else and then put other things in the tea bag that you're steeping in your gin. Um, and then I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of cool. So we took it to, we did a, another um, flavor. Um, so we've got vermilion and amethyst. And so we have one with like butterfly pea flower in there that does the whole like famous nice. purple color change thing that everyone Wait, likes. In Australia, the butterflies pee on the flowers? Yes. Oh. Yeah. So that's, um, you've got it exactly right. Wait, you hold <laughs> out you a jaw. Yeah. Underneath yeah. them. It takes, it takes days. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty craft. So, um, yeah, we, we, we did all of that kind of stuff and we uh, took it to, like parties and we were just like everyone's like are you drinking tea that's so lame and it's like how lame is this have a sip and it's like oh wow this is really cool by the end of the evening everyone was was drinking it so then I decided I love I love gin I love tea I love gin and tonic and I love a good play on words so what's better than having all of those components into one beverage this so created G&T and we also have like a cheeky message on the bottom of the box that says Stop looking at my bottom because I can do what I'm that's amazing. I uh, you guys need to distribute in the U.S. because I would be on that so hard. So <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like completely up, Julia. Yeah. Before COVID, we were on our way over to the U.S. and thank goodness we read the fine print of the travel insurance. It doesn't cover pandemic, which is a bit bit uh, suspicious Dodgy. now that that was on there. Yeah, um, yeah to to like start knew- getting that over there. And to go to Appalachia and mm. all the other cool places, Louisiana. I mean, to, to to be honest, I haven't explored gin a lot, and it and it does sound interesting. Well, I've heard on the podcast to, to get. <laughs> You're a gin hater, Mark. Don't even try and backpedal, you gin hater. <laughs> Don't blame Vermouth for for your bad time. Fine, <laughs> I'm not a gin fan, but I'm willing to give it a try. I mean, it sounds kind of interesting, right? 
I mean, yeah, welcome to the club. Gin is awesome, and especially their gin. It sounds like they've Look, done I, awesome. I have trauma associated with gin, okay? Oh, that's, the, that's the reason that it went down. So it's, <laughs> it's a hurdle. We could do some healing here. You know, it, yeah. it would, I, it would... I feel that that's important that you're willing yeah. to do some healing. So yeah, yeah. spiritual healing, uh, if it were. Absolutely, I am all about that. <laughs> you you said something that I want to latch onto because it's it's interesting because it's in my wheelhouse. You mentioned that you both love whiskey. Mm-hmm. What are some brands of whiskey that you like? Let's compare <laughs> notes here. Well, we're really uh, we're we're wankers. I really, 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 really like. There's a a guy in Tasmania who is amazing and he's like this legend that just like he does, like he grows his own grain and, and stuff like that. He makes whiskey. He gets chip oil that they're about to throw out from like the fish and chip shop up the road. That's how he feels. He's still, he like fixes it up with flour and paste and he then like collects like sheep shit and then just like uses that to, to um, peat his whiskey and stuff like that. And it's freaking phenomenal. Um, so I, I'm such a huge fan of what he does. And okay, so hold on. What does this taste like? It's amazing. It's so amazing. He's, so he's got um, the bottom of his still because it's direct fire is a bit bit burnt. So yeah, it has like a like maillard effect. effect. So it's yeah. Belgrove whiskey. If you haven't heard of it, it's one of our favorites. Um, um, that Ramsey guy. I oh yeah, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> he has Gordon Ramsay out there shoveling shit. Shit, yeah, and doing all the hard work for him. Um, um, yeah, he's really, really cool. He's one of the first characters that we ever met in this journey. And he's one of the, he's one of the people who helps yeah. us to this day. Like we have questions distilling wise. We, we, we taught him how to use his phone one time. Um, right. And then another one is um, we really like, so we're on the Aussie whiskey train. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys have a you guys, train? You guys, you guys need to get this. You need to get some more Australian whiskey over in the States. Um, another one we really like is Blackgate. Oh, my God. Um, they're yeah, another good friends blowing. and mentors of ours. And they you can do say like fuck. A, it's okay. You can say it's a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do like a really nice, like, like very much like your traditional peated style whiskey. His, his, um, yeah. Holy fuckery. It's awesome. So when we go on holidays. You put it on par with some of your best like yeah, Peter whiskeys you'd in get the world. in the world. Like it's, they're so good. And when we go, like when we go on holidays, we like to fuck off to the middle of nowhere and they're in the middle of nowhere. So we literally go stay with them and they are just like, Oh, do you want to, do you want to, you're probably not interested. Do you want to make whiskey? And it's like, fuck yeah, I want to make whiskey. I like, I admire the fuck out of you. The you answer to the question it. is always yes. Yeah. Resounding fuck yes, I want to make yeah. this. It's like I'm even astounded I'm in your shed right now. Julia, Justin is out of the show and Allie is our new co-host. Okay. <laughs> I just want to I want to make this announcement right now. Justin, sorry, not sorry, Justin. Bye. I am sorry you're getting this news in a recorded message. You are out. Allie is in. Allie, <laughs> uh, I'll send you a schedule of when we record. I'll send you the topics. This is Girl fucking power. incredible. Yeah, sorry, not sorry, Justin. Love you. <laughs> it's just meant to be. This is just too good to pass up. So something that we were supposed to do at the beginning of the show, and, and it is a tradition with the show. Um, uh-huh. we got we jumped on the whiskey or we jumped on the gin and whiskey train. And I I've loved every minute of this journey, but I really <laughs> want to give you the opportunity because it is such an honor. You're the first guest you we were like me of all people i was really like should we like tell them about 
Should we give them the chance? Is it too crass to do sour mice mash? Is, are people going to, and you're like, fuck yeah, I want to do this. Don't take this out. That's the only reason I'm showing up, right? I really like it. And um, also I mentioned it to another distiller friend of ours and I was just like, because he gets on rant trains. So I'm like, wow, that's really souring your mash. And he really loved that. And he goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I am loving this. You are <laughs> you are absolutely in as co-host. Uh, um, <laughs> I, you I, made it down to Australia with Sours My Mash. Yes, so Nick, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> let's go global. Yes, we are global now. Okay, so so let's 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 kick in. Um, Ali, what's souring your mash today? Oh God, so many things. I'm the most chill, but also the most pissed off person in the world. Um, <laughs> It keeps it in an equilibrium, but I really fucking hate the term reimagined. It's like you're about to tell me what you've done differently about something and you don't know me. You don't know the type of life that I've lived. Sorry, Disney. But you can't uh, tell me that it's this reimagined phenomenon that is not how I would imagine it. You're not, you're, like, to me, imagination is like, you know, letting your mind run a little bit wild with variants and just going, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but you're not letting me do that. You are just about to tell me how you've differed a film or a picture or something like that. It's not even using my imagination. So don't tell me what to do. Yep. Yeah. Fuck it. Like I hate, I really hate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sensing, I'm sensing something specific here. Do you want to mention which, which it was or, uh, Oh, just like movies in general, like when it's just like, oh, it's so and so reimagined. And it's like, it's not <laughs> reimagined. You've just changed some things. And that's not how I would like, you know, make it different. Like when it's just like, oh, like, you know, um, Milan or something like that on Disney Plus. And it's just like, oh, cool. Like, you know, we've reimagined the character. I'm like, no, you haven't. You've just put a variant in there. I couldn't even watch the whole movie. So I wouldn't really know. But it's like, if you're going to reimagine that, reimagine it like maybe like i personally would be like cool make her an octopus or something like that's imaginative i, I as somebody space, it doesn't breathe oxygen uh, i'm i'm old i'm probably the oldest person here by a long shot so i'm going to tell you as someone who has lived through a time where basically media companies are just shredding the movies that i grew up with in that <laughs> term reimagining i am a thousand percent on board with you yeah, it's like just call it like a um, like even redone. I know that that's boring and not as reimagined as reimagined, but it does not contain any shred of of imagination whatsoever at all. It's just a thing that's happened, and it wasn't a thing that you're in control of. Like you know, imagination is just down to the individual, which you've just literally just gone. This is what you're about to watch. This is how I've changed it. It's like, that's not reimagining. Like, fuck off. Oh, my God. You are just. You're here. Julia's out, <laughs> Julia's out of the show, and it's just you and me. We're, we're, we're going to do the show. Uh, no, Mark, you're out. I'm out. Just, it's just the alley show. <laughs> it's not a show, but it is a show. Yeah, sorry about that. Nick what just appeared. We were going to ask. Yeah, where's you, Nick? Nick Nick's Nick's turn. Nick, what's ours Nick. your match, oh, bud? He's back. Uh, I don't know. It's not as good as Ali's, so I don't know. It's Bring always as good. Come on, just let it flow. <laughs> let it flow. Come on, take a moment. Oh, there's so many things that Deep let breath, it let it flow. Oh my God, it's about her, isn't it? What did, <laughs> what did Ali do? I could be really boring and just talk about how um, 
frustrating the red tape in our country is how we can't do anything like go out and have drinks or i mean i understand that come, come on let's nick it's about so healing we can't do... <laughs> <laughs> well you can't have a you can't have a beer in a glass most of the time it has to be in a plastic cup because apparently you, apparently you're going to glass, glass someone. someone you can't Wait. take it outside and talk to someone you can't you can't, you can't have a beer at the same table as someone's eating if your one half is the smoking area because or you can can't. smoke a cigarette near a child. Wait you a minute. You can't you can't pour beer into a glass because you're gonna Wait, bitch. like so many venues you'll be at 10 o'clock at night and they'll come around and take your glass from you and give you a plastic so cup. So that you don't kill anyone. <laughs> and then you can't yeah. walk outside with it and enjoy it. There's heaps of and then Yeah, and it varies from state to state. So like when we go to like say Melbourne and we do a show. Oh, Melbourne down there, have a lot of and fun it's out. like I'm sitting outside, it's 10:30, and I have a beer. I feel like I feel free. Like you you, know, we can't if when we run a bar at a venue, we can't serve more than four drinks. But the venue, but the um, but the event can be BYO, BYO. and people can walk in with a whole case, but we can't serve them four drinks. What the fuck? What? Yeah, it's fucked. it's ludicrous, and that's just what you have to live with every single day. It's okay, just okay, Julia, this is your second phone call. You need to get on the horn with your people in yeah. Australia and make some shit happen here. They need to reimagine. We need to take. We need a tasting room and we need restrictions. Gone. Yeah. We used to, you know, because I used to be in the film industry, and we'd have um, we'd have like crews come over from states, Korea, wherever, and it'd be like ten o'clock at night, and we'd wrap up for the day, and they'd ask like their driver, "Oh, can you take us to the bottle store so we can grab a bottle of something and go back to our hotel and have a drink?" And they're like, "Nope, absolutely not." Ten o'clock, you can't buy take. You couldn't buy takeaway. That's changed now since COVID because yeah. they because they're trying to help us small businesses make a bit more revenue. But before COVID, after ten o'clock, you couldn't take it get a takeaway anywhere. Anywhere. Oh, yeah, it was a <laughs> head scratcher. That's a head scratcher, man. I'm 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 on board. I'm on board with it. It was a nightmare. So all of our small bars and all of our it affects our yeah. business as well as it affects like our, our um fellow we, small bars. We have some great friends in Australia. As a matter of fact, one of our great friends actually introduced us to you, and we're. Thank you. Thank you, Fiona and John. Um, we're, we're very, very happy with that because Love we now you. have a new co-host. And uh, <laughs> No, she has her own solo show. We've just launched. Yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> Allie in the Deadly Forest something and, and, and gin or something. Right? Yes. Um, <laughs> hopefully very soon you're going to find yourself in the United States or being distributed all over the place. But uh, just very quickly, let's let's give a shout out. Where can people find you on social media, and where can people find you for those who are local in the Australia market? Well, our lovely social media person, she's working today. She dropped a list and put it near the near the screen, so I can actually show <laughs> you our social handles. <laughs> okay, so we're active on uh, so like Facebook, Instagram, and our website. Um, so our Facebook is at Caru Distillery, one word, um, and our Instagram. What is spell Caru? Yeah, spell spell it for us. God, I didn't pass kindergarten. Um, K A R U and Distillery. Cool. <laughs> we all know how to spell Distillery. We're a bunch of booze hounds. Distillery. <laughs> <right now. laughs> tell Tell Michelle that if she wants to send us assets or graphics, we can. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put them in. I she's probably on the other side of the camera having a. Having a fit, we get it. <laughs> yeah, our Instagram is Caru, spelt the same way as I previously mentioned, underscore distillery. 
And our website is www.carverydistillery.com.au. That's how it is. Right on. Go visit it. And you know what? They, they have soft goods as well as the distillates there that you can buy. You could buy t-shirts. You could buy hoodies. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. I think I'm going to go shopping later and pick some things up. You know what? I was just kind of thinking you should do a show with Omen. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. talk about Omen, but I used to be a black cat owner, and yeah, that was just a, a wee tidbit about Omen. Oh my gosh! Okay, so like she sold the first case. She of sold gin. the first case of gin. She's had radio <laughs> interviews before. Yep, everyone, everyone talks about Omen. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a nice girl. I don't know why she's no more friends. Um, yeah, she's just. I am obsessed with black cats. Like I've. For like twenty years, I've just they're the best cats. Oh, they're the best. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I've always had like a black cat. I've had Catzilla and Omen, and them are girls. And um, yeah, they're just super sweet, and I just can't resist them. I freak out. Like I'll squeal. We were um we were overseas for my for my film um for film. We're we're over in Spain and for a couple months or for a couple weeks, sorry. And we came back and um. The, this, there was a cat. this cat moved in under our house. Yeah. And um, she looked the same as my uh, catzilla who just recently passed at that point in time. And she, I, who I'd had for about 15 years. And she looked the same. She had the same couple of stripes of white fur on her chest. So I was like, this is an omen. So yeah, hence why she has the name omen. So yeah, she's, she's when we stay here for a long amount of time, she comes up, uh, she walks around like on a leash and stuff like that. So we go little botanical forages in the in the garden so <laughs> i want to interview almond that's that yeah. that's that's a life i have that's three cats so i have oh. a giant big fat orange tabby and i have two black cats two black yeah. um, they're little boys and they're brothers they came from the same oh. litter oh, and they okay. are they are bodie and ace and they could not be completely different in terms of their personalities yeah. it's the first time we've ever owned black cats and it's the same thing yeah. they got the little white ruffle that they yeah. have and they're just they're amazing they're just amazing little guys yeah <laughs> black cat club absolutely huh. well listen you have been amazing and you have been generous with your time today uh, this has been a wild ride i hope there is an opportunity Anytime you have a new product to talk about, anytime you're distributing in a new place, please send us an email. Please give us a call. We will prop you up in front of the audience. And um, Ali, you're going to be doing the show from here on out anyways. <laughs> so you can get a you can get a hook in anytime you want. Um, Don't threaten me with a good time. We did our we did our sours, our mash. So um, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna leave it that. And I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna hold up my glass here. I've got a um, we were talking before the show and we were having a conversation and I actually poured myself a glass of um, Brooklotti. I See, I said it. I, Brooklotti? I, uh, yes, I pronounced it correctly. <laughs> Brooklotti. That's a first. Um, and, and I'm just going to say uh, cheers to Karu Distillery. Um, oh. love having you guys on the show. Thank you. Cheers to Swig and Ramble. Thank you so yeah. much for having us and putting up with us. Thanks, Julia and Mark. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Next time you can you can join us too. So <laughs> there any kind of special word in Australia for cheers? Or is it just cheers? Oh, that's just cheers. oh, that's the spirit. That's oh, that's the spirit. there's like a really like a 
inappropriate. I don't even know if it's like because it's quite shocking and controversial. Come on. But, oh no, I literally can't. I don't know what you're saying. Now you have to. Oh God, no, I can't. I'm not going to say. Is I draw it, the line at that. Is it the but, is it the c word? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like because that's that's to us that's an endearing term, but I know over there it's very not received the same. So it's like. Uh. See, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time overseas and yeah. I was surprised that several of my close friends got very offended when I used to say it. Yeah, it's it's not yeah. received well other places, but here it's a term of endearment. If someone calls you like legend, though, that's threatening or champion, that's they're trying to attack you. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like if wow, they're in hindsight, people, holy shit. <laughs> Well, let's just stick with the, that's the spirit. That's the, that's the spirit. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everyone. folks. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. It will be the last time you hear an interview without me. I'll tell you that right fucking now. Um, so, uh, Rambo, <laughs> you, sure? you know how to find Are you this. sure about if- that? I'm we do. We have a new co-host. Hundred percent sure, because uh, I control literally all the tech behind this. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ramblers, you know where to find us. Uh, definitely join our Facebook group. It is not a page. You don't go there to like the page. You go there to engage with us. We're real people. I don't know if you knew that. Um, so yeah, uh, join us next time when we discuss those assholes who still only want what the hell is it called, Julia? Bel Air. Blue. Hell air blue. Join us next time when we talk about that. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!